It's time now for History Matters. Joined in the studio, as previously mentioned, by the one and only Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire, to look back at this week in history. Official good morning. How well, are you? Well, thank you, Aaron. I'm really glad to be here. And as you and I both know, sometimes it is those little, uh, little things that happen where something is um, even a, a misspelling of a word or abbreviation and it changes everything. And so uh, you may say it, but I'm sure you'll correct it and we'll all be listening that way. Oh, I'm not closely. even going to be paying attention. <laughs> I am just going to say it and move right on and just not a care in the world. Doot, doot, doot. <laughs> well, uh, this is a good week for paying attention to good history. And uh, we can be thankful for some of the people who did pay attention. Uh, back in 1929, a developer out at the Outer Banks realized that, wow, this, maybe we should be doing something to preserve this, and started uh, things going, moving in that direction. Finally, it's uh, August 17th, 1937, this week, uh, August 17th, when um, the uh, Cape Hatteras National Seashore becomes the nation's first national seashore. Mm -hmm. And that used to uh, actually stretch those dunes all the way up into uh, Virginia. And it was a way that in the 17th, 18th, I mean, 18th century, that uh, mariners would navigate because they could see these dunes stretching. Well, you know, thankfully, this was um, uh, declared a park and we are all the beneficiaries when we think of the coast and we think of Cape Hatteras and uh, uh, down there. But it's not all. And so that's why I'm saying these small things make a big difference. Um, in uh, 1966, uh, um, uh, this was on, uh, let's see, August 16th, uh, Margaret Nygaard and mm -hmm. her husband uh, also uh, formed a a group to save the Eno. Now, these were longtime people who had been in education, um, and they realized that there was a plan afoot in Durham to actually redirect the Eno River and to make a, a drinking source, and it would just totally change everything. And so they led efforts to actually stop that and keep the Eno uh, which is why we have that Fourth uh, of July. Yeah, uh, you know, fest. Yes, yeah. exactly. And you know, it's just remarkable. And it's think. a really cool state park up there. Yes, yeah, it is. Just yes. really nice. Like a whole bunch of like old buildings That's and right. art that you can check out. Yes. And obviously, Eno Fest every Fourth of July right. weekend, playing in the river. Like it's a really cool right. recreational space. Well, you, the, where the mill uh, yep, that is yep. still uh, operational, they'll bring it out and open it up. Uh, Frank Mangum, who was a photographer in the uh, early. Uh, part of the 19th, uh, 20th century. Uh, they still have his house, and they have a lot of his photographs uh, that he developed. Uh, so it's a, kind of, it's a wonderful place. If you haven't gone to the West Point and the Eno, that is a, a good place to go. As, as a result of their efforts that did help uh, preserve this, then in Hillsboro, there were, again, developers looking at the Okanichi Mountain. And uh, there were a lot of local people that owned sections, and they quietly went about uh, selling it to the Eno uh, mm. uh, River Association so that it became part of that park system. And we're all beneficiaries. If you go over there, you can climb the highest natural point between here and the coast, half a billion years old, and it's a wonderful view from the overlook. You can see for 
Oh, I would say, I want to say hundreds of miles. Thousands of miles, <laughs> yeah. Yes, but it's a great yeah. view, easy to get up to. Um, and so that's another one that I, I kind of like is what they did uh, to uh, just local people saying, wait a minute, let's, let's preserve this for an additional generations. Let's not develop it, which leads me to one of the one that I really love, uh, and it's this week, uh, August 15th, uh, 1973, and a, um, uh, a 33-year-old uh, mom and uh, who was also a jeweler on the, uh, out at the coast um, heard her kids say, Mom, Mom, there, this wonderful place they like to play called Jockey's Ridge, mm-hmm. there were, uh, that everybody assumed was, well, it's on the public interest, uh, different people own parts of it, and then some bulldozers show up. And they said, Mom, they're, they're going to develop this. So she bravely goes down there and argues with the bulldozer <laughs> operator and stands <laughs> in its way. And finally, he says, well, I'm going to go home for the night. Then comes back, takes off the distributor cap, <laughs> and then begins a real um, citizen-led effort mm. to save this Jockey's Ridge, which developers had said, oh, wouldn't this be a wonderful place to build homes? Let's get rid of all that sand. And instead, um, uh, two years later, it becomes this most popular uh, and most visited of the state parks, uh, which I think is just an extraordinary... I learned how to hang glide on those dunes. Is that right? Oh, my gosh. I learned how to hang glide. I mean, attempted to hang glide for about an hour and a half and did get off the ground a couple of times. So I have a piece of paper saying I did it and everything. It was a lot of fun. and the Wright brothers. I am so impressed. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Standing on the shoulders of giants. You are always flying high here, so that that just, you know, the airwaves to... uh, the dunes of uh, of hang gliding. There I think that's wonderful. I'm always fascinated by just kind of the, like the path dependency of the decisions we make because there are a lot of places where you know di- where there was this fight and then the development yes. did happen and now right. we look at the development and we don't even think about like what the the natural land would be and kind that's of the right. same thing with all of these. Like had the development happened, had they dammed the Eno, had they right. built on Jockey's Ridge, like we wouldn't know to to celebrate these things, right. uh, we'd just be, you know, enjoying whatever development, drinking water expansion, like all of those <laughs> things. And it's really fascinating, like how, like our perception of a place shifts based yes. on decisions that were made 50 or 60 years That's ago. That's right. Well, the yeah. national parks. Yeah, exactly. The uh, Burns series on that really traces how these were places that could have become developed, and yet there were movements to make sure that they remain pristine for future generations. And every so often, we go back and second guess. Like, I know it was just ha- on a, yes. a walking tour of the Blue Hill area, and we were looking yeah. at the Eastgate Shopping Center right. specifically, which they built literally over the top of Booker Creek. So they, they oh. like covered up Booker Creek. Uh, to build the parking lot for Eastgate. And it's a popular parking lot and a lot of thriving businesses, but now there's talk. And this is one of the things that Next and Schultz, I think, are both kind of on board with, but in different and competing ways. But both of them are are kind of on board with the idea of daylighting Booker Creek Mm -hmm. and figuring out a way to to open up the the creek again within the parking lot, which would be really cool if they did, because back in the 60s they didn't care about it. But now it's like, oh, this cool waterway, we should have it. Right. Yeah. And I and I I really like those kinds of thoughtful reflection on, 
you know, the, the balance between development, which opens up opportunity, as well as saying, wait a minute, there are natural resources mm -hmm. that we can preserve that are important uh, to us. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of the, the Duke uh, land uh, has been preserved for just that reason. Yep. Which is, it's, so it's going to always be a balance. I think there will always be a tension there. Speaking with uh, Scott Washington, History Matters, uh, we've got time for one more. Okay. What do you got? Well, here is one. It's uh, uh, August 21st, 1987, Dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah. And, of course, scenes are shot at Lake Lure and also at Mountain Lake up in Pembroke, uh, Virginia. And that has, you know, talking about preserving uh, <laughs> what's up there, there's a lake there, but it occasionally goes through cycles of draining and then uh, becoming a lake again. And so right now it's in that stage of well as draining and they're kind of seeing it build back up again, which is really interesting. But that's a movie that uh, uh, I think we all can have a connection to if we have a North Carolina uh, connection. The um, well, one last thing, August 20th, National Radio Day. And so when that's you right. mentioned COE, Centers of Excellence, I would say that certainly here at W. CHL, you are the center of excellence, uh, especially here at Trinsic Aura Studios. <laughs> and I'm always really excited to be here, uh, and I appreciate the opportunity, too. And that is how history matters. As always, Scott Washington, thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron.